This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. So sometime um, in the midst of the last 18 months during COVID-19 pandemic, uh, this sermon started floating around, uh, making its way to different pastors and uh, Christians. And the title of the sermon was Some Reflections Growing Out of the Recent Epidemic of Influenza That Afflicted Our City. It was preached by Francis J. Grimke on Sunday, November 3rd, 1918, at the 15th Street Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C., after the outbreak of the Spanish flu. And I read this sermon, and I just want to pull out real quickly five um, observations, reflections that Pastor Grimke has. I just want to ask you, does any of it sound familiar? So here's the first one. The idea that our human frailty and God's sovereign and God's sovereign rule over nature. Here's what Pastor Grimke says. How easy it would be for God to wipe out the whole human race in this way if he wanted to. For these terrible epidemics, plagues, the mighty forces of nature, all are at his command. All are his agents. At any moment, if he willed, in this way, vast populations or portions of populations could be destroyed. Two, they were wrestling with, quote, the extraordinary exercise of power by civil authorities that would not be tolerated under ordinary circumstances. Three, Pastor Grimke mentions how it brought to bear many issues of racial disparity and discrimination. Four, he observed that many people were asking what the effect would be on church attendance after churches were allowed to reopen from forced closings. And five, the epidemic, quote, kept the thought of death and of eternity constantly before the people. As Pastor Grimke put it, for it is through death that the gates of eternity swing open. So this was over 100 years ago. Um, there's a few differences between now and then. Um, during their forced closings of, of church, uh, I don't think there were any live stream options available. There was no hope of a quick turnaround of a vaccine to fight back the Spanish flu. And yet, many of the issues that they were wrestling with were so similar. And it did make me realize, just stopped, there really is nothing new under the sun. Moments of crisis reveal something about our human nature, and they also reveal something about God's nature. So Grimke saw that there was an opportunity in the crisis his people were facing amidst the Spanish flu, and he ends his sermon with two invitations. Here's his first one. His invitation is an address to you who are not Christians, who have not yet repented of your sins, who have not yet surrendered yourselves to the guidance of Jesus Christ. He encourages them not to allow these repeated warnings that you have heard day by day, week by week, to go unheeded. God has opened the way for your salvation through the gift of his only begotten Son, who died that you might have the opportunity of making your peace with God. The opportunity of having your sins forgiven and of laying hold of life, spiritual and eternal. Amen. The gospel doesn't change. And here is his second invitation. To believers, Grimke said, 
It's also a good time for those of us who are Christians to examine ourselves, to see exactly how it is with us, whether the foundation upon which we are building is a rock foundation, whether our faith is really resting upon Christ, the solid rock, or not. And quote, I still feel that one important function of this epidemic will be lost if it fails to have that effect upon us, if it does not lead to careful heart-searching on our part. So here in 2020 and 2021, the Lord has seen fit for our community, for our nation, indeed for our world, to walk through the crisis of COVID-19. And then, of course, more recently, in the last few months, the crisis has hit much closer to home here at Church of the Resurrection. And honestly, these last few months, they've just been really hard. And they've been really sad. They've been full of a lot of grief for people who have suffered, grief for our church, grief for our diocese. There have been so many times that I have just wanted to provide some kind of overall perspective on what's happening, uh, to express sorrow, to express brokenheartedness, to have some level of information or assurance of how things were going to work out. But honestly, it's kind of felt like a whirlwind. And every time I've tried personally to go up and pick up the pieces and make sense of them, it feels like another wind blows and all the pieces blow to different spots and move around. So more recently, in my own life of prayer, my thinking has started to shift. I've started thinking that perhaps my primary responsibility amidst the crisis is not to try to make sense of everything, but rather to take up the assignment that Pastor Grimke just laid out to examine myself and to see whether the foundation upon which I am building is Jesus Christ, the solid rock. That perhaps that is one of the main purposes in this season that the Lord has for me. Perhaps it's one of the main purposes he has for all of us. The world's response to crisis is often external. And so it often starts with unity, a sense that we're in this together. But as we look around and it gets more complicated and lots of questions are asked, it often leads to division. Did you know on March 29th, 1991, at the beginning of the Gulf War, President George H.W. Bush had just sent American forces into Kuwait to expel the invading Iraqi army, and his approval rating was 89%. That's the highest approval rating ever recorded by a U.S. president until his son, George W. Bush, had a 90% approval rating right after 9-11. But just 18 months later, Enough time for questions, concerns, all kinds of external factors in debate. President Bush lost the re-election. 
He had an 89% approval rating 18 months before. He lost it receiving 37% of the popular vote. In seasons of crisis, there certainly are crucial decisions. There's important things to discuss and debate and learn. There's complications, there's hard decisions that arise. But our primary concern as Christians, it's not external, it's not tied up in the approval rating of a given leader or, or of picking a side or a camp in any dispute that arises. Christians take moments of crisis and of challenge to examine themselves. Our primary focus is not external, it's internal. So I've been asking the Lord to give me signs. Lord, what are you asking of me in this season? What's the work you want to do in my own heart? Lord, just give me a, shine, a sign. What's the posture you want me to have? So one day I was reading my Bible, and I was in that passage from Romans 12, and it just hit me so strong. Verse 12, Romans 12, verse 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. I felt like that was the Lord's invitation. That was the posture he was inviting me to have in this season. And I knew it was a sign because Romans 12, 12, that's my birthday, December 12, 12, 12. It's got to be a sign. So I told Jan all about it, and we were going on a walk, I had recently told her, man, that verse really hit me. I've been pondering on it. And we went by this small church in our neighborhood, and I said, Jana, it's another sign. It's literally a sign. On the sign outside of this church was Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Two signs. Enough, Lord. You've, you've given me the sign. So I've personally been reflecting on this verse, and it started to become my personal prayer to the Lord in this season. It's been something like this as it's formed. Lord Jesus, help the foundation of my faith in this season to be in you, the solid rock. And teach me to rejoice in hope, to be patient in tribulation, and to be constant in prayer to the glory of your name. Amen. So I want to just briefly look with you tonight at what it means to rejoice in hope, to be patient in tribulation, and to be constant in prayer. Okay, first, rejoice in hope. It was one thing to think about talking to you about this, and then it was another to just be in worship with you all tonight. Our posture starts with looking to Jesus and the hope that we have in him. He's already conquered sin and death, and he's already reigning as king, and he will wipe every tear from our eyes. But also just consider what Paul is saying here. Rejoice now, present tense, in the hope of what is to come. Paul's admonishing us to rejoice presently regardless of our current season. We don't just hope for hope, 
We rejoice in the hope that we have in Jesus. We spent a lot of time last year in Psalm 126. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. And that joy is available now. So when you're in a hard season, it can feel like you're in this dark and winding tunnel. Hope, hope is not a disregard of pain or sorrow. Hope is the light that you carry through the darkness of a hard season. I love to pair this idea with another verse from Psalm 126, verse 3, where it says, The Lord has, past tense, done great things for us. We are glad. We also have joy and thanksgiving now for what the Lord has already done for us. In other words, the Lord intends for us to experience joy even in the hardest seasons of our lives. The joy of thanksgiving for what he's already done for us and the hope and the assurance of the eternal promises that we have in him. For this reason, I'm just realizing how important worship is for me in this season. I need the reorientation of worship in my life. And worship, yes, in a difficult season, it needs to have the opportunity for lament. It needs to have the opportunity for intercession. But it also needs to be full of joy. And it's not a false joy. It's real. I need it to be reoriented back to the place of rejoicing in the hope I have in Jesus Christ. So we rejoice in, heart, in hope. We start by looking to Jesus. But second, Paul admonishes us to be patient in tribulation. This is so entirely against my nature. I can't stand waking up with concern or a problem that's not resolved by the time I go to bed. You can... Yeah, I, that's really funny that you just said that because it literally says here, tell, the, tell a joke about Jana. I, you can ask my wife what it's like to be married to me. Like, the, the smallest, the smallest little spat or disagreement, I can't go like three minutes. I'm like, I, I just want to say I'm really sorry for whatever I did and I just want to know how you're doing. Are you okay? Are we okay? Can we talk it out? Can we resolve it? She has taught me. A little bit of patience, sometimes a little bit of space, is helpful. I've been... <laughs> I think... <laughs> that lasted a little longer than I thought it would. Um, we've all kind of been conditioned, haven't we, to, to engage in instant problem-solving. If you have a question for someone, you can just text them. If you're missing something or you need something, you can order it right away on your phone. And creepily, it can appear on your porch the next day. This season is revealing for me a real area of growth. Patience. Especially patience in hard things. I mean, the idea that I would spend months in a place of sorrow, in a place of pain, in a place where I have unanswered questions and uncertainty, I mean, it's just really difficult for me personally. So why would the Lord 
ask that of us or want that for us? Why is Paul calling us to be patient in tribulation? I think it's because the Lord wants to give us something that can only be received slowly over time because of our capacity. So let me just share a few things I think the Lord is slowly working in me right now as he invites me to be patient in tribulation. He's teaching me that patience can produce holy grief. Uh, There's so much to grieve. There's so much to grieve in our world. There's so much to grieve in our community. The Lord can handle it all. And I can't. (laughs) But he's patient with me. And he knows that. And he's teaching me to grieve slowly, one thing at a time. And I'm also learning slowly as I receive that from him. He's given me more of his heart. More holy grief. More compassion. More desire for restoration and healing. More of the coming of the kingdom of God. It's taking time, but he's producing holy grief. As the Lord calls me to be patient, he's also producing, I think, character. Romans 5 reminds us that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. So what kind of character, Lord, do you want to produce in me in this season? I think some more humility a sense of how much I need him and depend upon him for everything. Don't run from the opportunity to grow in your dependence on Jesus. Hard seasons are seasons where we can root ourselves, we can build a foundation of dependence in Jesus. I'm excited for Father Matt in just a few minutes to share with you more more about our fall preaching series where we're going to dive into just that. The last thing that I think slowly the Lord wants to produce in me as I'm patient is wisdom. I know that doesn't happen quickly, in me at least. Hard seasons are a time to learn. Hard seasons are moments where we realize we were unprepared for something. We didn't know things. We made mistakes. And there's an invitation from the Lord in a hard season to learn. At Res, we have an opportunity to learn and to grow as a church to be more compassionate, more prepared to love and serve those who are vulnerable, more ready for whatever comes in the next season 
I'm excited for Pastor Megan to share with you just some of the initiatives, some of the projects we're just beginning to work on, how we're trying to learn in this season. So we look to Jesus. We rejoice in hope. We are patient in tribulation. And then third, Paul calls us to be constant in prayer. Okay, I'm a problem solver. I want to take charge, and I want to get things done. Prayer is the acknowledgement that Jesus is the great problem solver. Prayer is my submission to my heavenly authority. It's actually my protection, I think, against my selfish, sinful, or scared ways of dealing with challenge and with crisis. Honestly, there have been times in my life, there's been seasons, where prayers felt more like a burden for me. It's like another responsibility that I have to add on in my life. But in a season in which I really have no idea how to lead a church through a crisis, the Lord is slowly teaching me that he intends prayer not to be a burden but to be a relief. Tim Keller puts it like this in his book titled Prayer. Prayer gives us relief from the melancholy burden of self-absorption. Is it actually possible that the greatest action that I could take right now as a leader of a church that is going through a hard season the greatest action I could take is prayer. Could it be? If that's true, then my first prayer is to ask the Lord to grow my prayer life. (laughs) When my prayer is dry, Jesus, water it with the prayers of your heart. Lord, who, who is on your heart? that I might pray for them. I've started in this season. There's been times it's been really hard to pray. So I started asking the Lord for simple prayers. And I'm learning that through simple prayers, I'm starting to understand what it might look like to be constant in prayer. Prayers that I can just simply pray throughout my day. The one that the Lord's giving me recently that amazingly works in so many different circumstances is simply, Lord, have mercy. As I read Pastor Grimke's reminder to his church over 100 years ago to build their foundation on the solid rock of Jesus, it reminded me of what leaders at this church have been saying for so many years that this church is built on prayer and fasting. This is a season for all of us to grow in that call to be constant in prayer. So I'm also excited for Father Brett to share with you in just a few minutes more details about what it might look like for us all to grow and be more constant in prayer. 
So the Lord's been ministering this verse to me. And so it's my, my call to you in this year ahead, Church of the Resurrection. In whatever season you find yourself in, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Let me pray for you. Deacon Margie's going to come up and we're going to pray, but let me just begin by praying this prayer that has become my prayer out of Romans 12 for you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, help the foundation of our faith in this season to be in you, the solid rock. Teach us to rejoice in hope. Teach us to be patient in tribulation. And teach us to be constant in prayer. To the glory of your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Our vision at Church of the Resurrection is to equip everyone for transformation. As part of that vision, we love to share dynamic teaching, original music, and stories of transformation. For more of what you heard today, check out the rest of our podcast. To learn more about our ministry, visit churchres.org.